Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Despite our substantial cold-weather gear, biting cold and icy wind gnawed at our bones as we marched through the perpetual bluster known as Antarctica. Imagining a much more grandiose wasteland, what I actually saw as we plowed through the piling snow was merely a semi-permeable whiteout. Greater vistas of the place only occasionally snuck past the billowing curtains of the eternal winter, revealing slightly less whited views. I was one of the privileged bunch who didn't have to unload freight from the boat. Instead, me and Isaiah, along with Mesmer, his minder, and Shane, enjoyed a short romp through the snow on our way to the White Pachyderm, a vehicle that looked like a snowcat on mechanical steroids. Can't say I'm partial to all this here cold. I'll take a good old-fashioned dust storm to this ship in a day. I was mentored high up in the Himalayas. The cold is comparably bearable, though by no means preferable. At least the weather's predictable here. Back in New Vic, it would change on a dime, and not just in one place either. You could have snow on the slopes of Nothman Hills, all while the pavement could melt plastic over on the abandoned interstate. That's right. You were stationed in New Victoria for quite some time. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. Though I've heard stories. I think just about everyone has. We were born there, Isaiah and I, so it's familiar if nothing else. But let's just say I was grateful when I found out I was going to be leaving. You may find the opposite holds true for the silentage, as the pale matter keeps everything running according to the science textbooks. Although... Once outside the shelter, within the dim, well, you may find yourself missing your days in New Victoria. I'll have to take your word for that one. New Vic's a lot more than just a pliable reality. <laughs> a lot more. Speaking of pliable reality, just how many psychotypes do you have tucked away down here? I can't say for sure, as there's more arriving all the time. 
Gand ordered parts of the silentage designated as a prison for exopaths, so that way it would be easier to get subjects shipped here. Gand seems to swing a lot of weight. I'm not sure where an assistant Mysterian sits on the big ladder, but uh, it must be pretty high. As a matter of fact, assistant Mysterians don't generally have that kind of power, but Gand is a bit of an exception. His family is a bit, um, well, very influential, not only within the Sinistradi, but within other powerful esoteries as well. Which brings up a potential problem. If Gan doesn't turn up soon, the project will likely be turned over to another ranking member of the Sinistradi, or very possibly a different esoteric altogether. Uh, if there's a concerted effort to shut all this down by whoever might not want your work to continue, the gap in leadership might be a great time to do it. That's precisely the problem. I've written my own esoteric for guidance to see what options I might exercise within the selection of a new mission overseer. You're not a member of the, uh, Sinistrati? No. I'm a member of the Ninth House. Gand reached out to me after a bit of my research was, uh, circulated. My preliminary studies concerning the Dim. We jointly wrote the charter for the project, but it was primarily his political contacts that allowed things to proceed as far as they have. So we could be operating on borrowed time. <sighs> Indeed. Now, would you look at that? <laughs> Whoa, Jesus. I... I definitely wasn't expecting the silentage to look like that. Yes, we wouldn't have known about the Pale Matter at all if we hadn't discovered a citadel made from the stuff. The silentage melted from the starkness like the ashen ghost of a dead monument. Several stories high and sprawling farther than a city block in downtown New Vic. The giant white stone of the alien palace was arranged in the cleanest angles piling ever upward, in various places ending in pyramidal spires. Encompassing it stood several equidistant towers, their straight lines reaching nearly as high as the peaks of the main building. Monoliths, whose smooth surface were interrupted only by the occasional bare window looking out on nothingness. Blooming pale and mammoth and precise within the cold white oblivion, it seemed more like a symbol than a habitable structure. A physical commentary concerning the orderliness of nature. My impression was largely afforded by the cold geometry of basic, almost bland shapes that defined every aspect of its composition. The whole thing a cold celebration of the ordinary, a bulwark against the powers of thoughtless change. But there was something else, too. A whispered intimation of malice. Something beyond the want to toe the natural order something colder even than the relentless winter that surrounded it. The white pachyderm plowed and alternatively lurched through the tall snows, within the lane outlined by the white columns that led from the shoreline right up to the silentage. Beyond them, the dim roiled and raged against the nullifying powers of the pale matter constructs. If I looked too long, I knew I'd see my mother, likely peeking out from the wrong side of a white pillar. I was also curious about how I would fare inside the silentage. My brother's power was, as far as I could tell, identical to the effects of pale matter, and yet they never interfered with my abilities. 
Would the same prove true here? Say, is uh, this place pre- or post-noctum? It's believed to be post-noctum, as there were several expeditions recorded in this area, and not a one of them reported seeing anything strange. Yeah, be pretty hard to miss a place like this. Aside from its construction and composition, is there anything else remarkable about it? Nothing. At least nothing we've been able to determine so far. It looks to have been made and then immediately abandoned. There's no sign of the builders or any previous occupants. But that's hardly remarkable for an obscurum. The doors and most of the other moving parts have been retrofit with pneumatics and other assembled mechanisms, as they're just too heavy to be managed by ordinary people. So you'll all get one of these pass cards to move about. They're simple enough to use, as you can see. kidding about this place being pretty sparse. Looks more like a white tomb than anything else. Well, at least it's warm, I'll give it that. With a storm and the dim whirring around the place, the silentage appeared to possess some level of vitality. However, the inside was an entirely different story. Just white stone and artificial lighting everywhere. I wasn't sure if the massive square rooms added or subtracted from the claustrophobia that began to grip me. Wires and various gadgetry were all that really broke the monotony of the interior, the stuff powering all the equipment. For a structure that held the power to stave off the mounting insanity of the world, I couldn't help but feel disturbed by its bleak, uncurving spaces. I wanted to pretend that I didn't feel eyes on me looking through me, understanding the parts of me that even I had yet to reckon with. But it was my madness, in all likelihood, my disorder, inflamed by the change in company and environment. With all the imagined attention, I became over-aware of my movements, manually overriding the automatic actions of walking and breathing. I even stumbled once, my face reddening at the very real attention it brought. I lit a cigarette to distract myself, but I'd likely have to up my meds until I got settled in. You can leave whatever you brought with you here, as these will be your quarters for the duration of your stay. However, before you settle in for the evening, there's someone whom I'd like you all to meet first.
The silentage was a maze, to be sure, full of Escher-esque twists and turns, as few of them made any sense, tending to double back on themselves right before veering off in some other seemingly random direction. But at least the decor improved, if only because the science equipment began to crowd out the stark white walls. The research bays we passed were mammoth, using every square inch of the huge rooms, equipped with transparent holding cells, which made me question the ethics of it all. I just told myself that we were trying to divert a disaster, but that was hardly a new excuse for doing horrible things. Shane, Agents Rosemary and Isaiah Stroud, this is Dr. Edith Haskell, and if I may be so bold, she's a verifiable wunderkind in the fields of psychogenesis, panpsychism, and collective mechanics. She heads up all the research here, and is the sole reason our work has advanced as far as it has. I do what I can, and it's a pleasure to meet all of you. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. Nice to meet you. Howdy. Excuse me, but you wouldn't happen to be the same Dr. Edith Haskell who wrote The Witches of Science, Knowledge in the Post-Scientific Age? Huh. Yes, I was obliged by the University of Historic to write the book. I hope you weren't obliged to read it. Uh, uh, no. I mean, I read it twice. Of my own free will, in fact. It was fascinating. Enlightening, even. Hmm. Well, if you found that rag interesting, perhaps you might meet me in the research library some evening, where I can supply you with some better reading. Sounds like my kind of evening. But, Doctor, in the book, you discuss your theory on decoherence. How localized information can disseminate through decoherent systems to manifest at the global level. Do you think that, in principle, the same thing might be going on with regards to the psychotypes? How the dim might have been created, I mean? Mm, Dr. Mesmer told me you were a bright one, and I'm pleased to see he was right. But yes, I think that's very possible in the broadest strokes, of course. Well, I hate to break up all this here meeting of the minds, but I'm about ready to chew off my own foot. So, if nobody minds, I'd like to get some grub. Of course. Let me show you all the rest of the facilities, which naturally would include the kitchen and dining area. Dr. Haskell, enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll all convene in the morning. Get everyone up to speed, as they say. Very well, Doctor. And I do hope you take me up on my offer, Agent Stroud. Good company is so very hard to find as it is. And that's especially true here, at the bottom of the world. Bedrooms are decent enough, if a uh, little on the bland side. And the sitting room isn't so shabby. I guess, uh, it isn't the worst place we've stayed, is it? <laughs> Jesus, the very fact that we have to think about that while we're holed up in the middle of Antarctica? <laughs> At least you've got fellow academics to rub elbows with. What did I get stuck with? Some sharpshooting shit kicker with a trick eye. 
could be worse, you know. Now, if that's not a Stroud family motto, <laughs> I don't know what is. Speaking of family, I wonder where our triplet has gotten himself to. Eh, who the hell knows. I wonder, though, with all this pale matter, if he can even come and go like he usually does. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. Should we even talk about, uh, uh, the rest of the family? Gloomhest? I'm not sure what there is to talk about, honestly. We sorta knew things could come to this. That we're part of a great big jolly clan of monsters. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But I always held out a little hope, you know? That there was a missing variable or something. Anything, really. <laughs> kind of funny when you think of it. How so? Just that you'd end up the optimist between us, with your atheism and all. I mean, I never once doubted where I... where we came from. At least not deep down. You know, I don't think anyone's ever called me an optimist before. <laughs> but you know what? What's that? It could be worse. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, I'm headed for my nice white square of a bedroom. Wait, uh, are you gonna be okay? I just realized what with all this pale matter. Yeah, I was wondering about that myself. Why not try and throw a little whammy on that lamp over there? See if you've still got your mojo. I suppose a little experimentation is appropriate, given where we are and all. Here goes nothing. There was definitely a little resistance to my ability as it blazed into the room, reality pushing back at me. But I'd been around Isaiah's revolvers for a while now, and while they were clearly more than just pale matter, they never so much as caused me a sniffle of difficulty. But with so much of the pale matter around, just the sheer volume of the stuff, it was the first time I'd ever appreciated its pushback. Yet it was manageable, just a matter of exercising my ability more often to develop the muscle, the control. The lamp lifted off the corner table and I twisted it into a knot of ceramic and wire and glowing glass. Looks like I still got it after all. <laughs> what about the pale matter itself? Give the door a try. I feel like a magician at a kid's party. After that, kiddies, you wanna see me make the refrigerator disappear? But I'll give it the old college try. I might as well have been trying to move a mountain. The pale matter wouldn't budge, and I could feel it, where my mind, through the facility of my power, came into contact with the stuff. Cold beyond cold. A machine made from arctic ice. Oh! Oh, no dice there. Feels like I'm trying to lift the entire silentage. Be that as it may, it's good to know that you, uh, can still make hay with the local reality. Yeah, true enough. But now I'm thoroughly pooped. I'm headed to bed. I take it you're not gonna curl up with a good book and a glass of warm milk? Nah, I wanna get the lay of the place, for when shit goes sideways. Because it always does. <laughs> so much for you being an optimist. There was depression, and then there was the silentage. 
a place literally carved from solid banality. And it didn't help any that I'd been low ever since I jacked my power to deal with the giant coffin. I wasn't so much as scoping out my new digs as much as I was looking for distraction. And, uh, that didn't take long at all. Yeah, yeah, I know. You didn't get caught. You let me catch you, right? You really are quite dim, aren't you? <laughs> no pun intended. Do you really think that I'm all here? What you're conversing with is merely an aspect of myself. You can never hope to catch that which cannot be caught, collected, or understood. If that there's your way of saying you ain't all there, why, I'll go along with that. Glad to see I'm not the only night owl. You guys putting away the Great Cellar King? Yes, sir. All the way down into the basement, cozy-like. I figured the pale matter'd pin him down well enough. Why the extra distance? <laughs> You're asking me? I got no idea. Why, Isaiah Stroud. I spoke with your sister. She and I have a lot in common. But not you and I, I don't think. That's too bad. Here I was thinking maybe uh, we could grab a coffee and talk late 19th century literature. Ha! Huh. You're no better than that Neanderthal. I should have realized all you hunters are birds of a feather. Birdbrained, is that it? Subtle. I generally don't waste nuance upon animals such as yourself, but I wondered if you had any of your sister's intellect about you. You guys think you can uh, have your conversation after we put him downstairs? Me and the boys gotta unload the rest of these nut jobs before we can hit the hay. Yeah, sure. Gotta go club some mastodons anyway. We, uh, Neanderthals have to stay active, or we get all doughy in the middle. Just all you want. But we'll see who's laughing last when we meet below. The silence of a million cellars filling the dark. And there, I'll introduce you to your real self, the one you hide. Or, perhaps, you'll realize that you have no real self, and that all you ever were is this lonely man. A lonely little boy, in fact. Please, Mommy, I don't want to be a monster. I just... All right, all right, get him out of here. But you are a monster. Aren't you, Isaiah? All you do is kill and kill. Just like your... <laughs> your daddy. Isn't that right, Isaiah? Isn't it? Get him out of here, I said. Go. Yeah, yeah, we're going, we're going. All right, boys. Let's pack him up, roll him out. <sighs> Nice job, Isaiah. You're not supposed to let him under your skin. He can be rather off-putting. Pills, I mean. Jesus, Doc. Huh. Didn't see you there. I expect that doesn't happen very often. No. No, but it, uh, it only has to happen once. So, is everyone here on late nights? Figured I'd have the place to myself at night, but, uh, it's not looking that way. Well, you haven't a thing to worry about from me, then. 
I'm usually asleep by now. I was just eager to read the dispatch that just arrived, about the request I mentioned earlier, concerning the possibility of a new overseer for the project. Any good news? Well, it's not bad news, so there's that. Seems another high-ranking esoter is interested in our work. The esoteric of the group, no less. He wants to perform an inspection of the Silentich, look at our research. If he finds value in what we're doing, it's possible they might even sponsor us. Though I've <laughs> no idea what that might specifically entail for the work. So, uh, who's the bigwig? Well, some of our fellow esoterians can be quite eccentric. And that also goes for their names as well. His name is... Spider Black. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 